Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whether you are a long-time member or a first-time visitor, no matter who you are or where you are on your journey of faith, welcome home to Morrisville Presbyterian Church. We are delighted that you have chosen to worship with us this day. Please sign the friendship pad and pass it to your neighbors so that we might note your presence with us. You will find that red pad at the end of each pew. If you are visiting, please include enough information so that we can follow up with you on your time here with us today. So that said, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Rhodes. I'm the Director of Religious Ministries at Penn Medicine Princeton Health by day, and by Sunday morning, I'm typically sitting in one of these pews with two little ones who are scurrying around. I'm Rachel's husband. And you're in good company if you did not expect me to be here today in this role. I didn't either until about an hour ago. But Rachel came down with a bug and wanted to be safe and not spread it. And our associate pastor's wife uh, was diagnosed with COVID. She is doing okay, um, but in order, out of an abundance of caution, um, Alex is home as well, just to make sure that we are as safe as possible and caring for and loving our neighbors. We can assure you that Elizabeth Lester Abdallah is just fine and safely quarantining. And we can also assure you that Pastor Alex and I feel a lot better than our wives do this morning but I was the one who could safely come and lead worship. And I also missed in the fine print in the wedding vows that when you're a clergy spouse, that the last minute you're sent to go pinch hit on a Sunday morning. Deanne Martin and Caroline Thompson have very generously stepped up to lead more worship than they planned to this morning, and we are very grateful for them. Your grace with all of us today is much appreciated, and your prayers for quick recovery are also appreciated. A few announcements. As a reminder, the church caroling will take place this evening at 4.30 p.m. Gather in the parking lot and dress for the weather. We hope to see you there. And our Christmas Eve worship schedule is in your bulletin. As a reminder, there will be services at 4 p.m., 6.30 p.m., 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. We look forward to worshiping with you on Friday evening as we welcome the Christ child. Friends, God is here. Let us worship God together. At this time, I invite the Keys family forward to light the Advent wreath. God's love is like a crackling fireplace. God's love is the sun that streams through the windows. God's love is the roof over our heads and the floor beneath our feet. God's love is a home for you and me, for neighbors and strangers, for family and friends, for enemies and partners. God's love is a home for all. Today, we light the candle of love to remind us of these truths. May it burn brightly in this space and even brighter in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Please join in singing one verse of He Came Down as, in, as is printed in your bulletin.
Please stand as you are able and join in our responsive call to worship. We are seeking deeper faith, a place to belong, the feeling that God is here in this room. We are seeking joy that overflows, the movement of the spirit, a hand to hold when alone in the dark. We are seeking the freedom to be, the courage to love, the conviction to act in the face of injustice. We are seeking, but here in this space, we are found. Take a deep breath. This is your sanctuary. God is here. We are found. Let us worship God together. Please continue to stand and join in singing hymn number 105, People Look East. Mary's world turned upside down with the visit of an angel. This is a moment we can relate to, because over the course of the last year and a half, and even this morning, our world has seemed to turn upside down more than once. When those moments come, we hope to respond with grace. But more often than not, fear can get the best of us. So today we turn to God in prayer, asking for God's guidance and grace in the places and moments we need it most. Let us pray together the prayer of confession, followed by a time of silent confession. 
Let us pray. God of safe spaces, we wish we were more like Mary, who in the face of great change went and sought help. She did not wait for help to find her. She walked to the shelter she needed. Too often we wait silently for the world to change around us instead of speaking up for the things we need. Forgive us for failing to care for ourselves the way you would care for us. Give us the courage to be more like Mary, God of safe places. We wish we were more like Elizabeth, who greeted Mary with laughter and contagious joy. How many people have crossed our doorstep, and how many times have we failed to see them? Give us the courage of Mary, the grace of Elizabeth. Holy God, hear our prayer. Family of faith, even if we miss the person standing on our doorstep, even if we fail to care for ourselves the way God would care for us, even if we forget and ignore, turn away and shut down, God still loves us. There is nothing we can do to leave God's love. Rest in this promise. If we get lost, we will be found. If we mess up, we are forgiven. If we withhold love, God is lavish in resting us. We are claimed, we are loved, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Having experienced now a peace that passes all understanding, we are called to share that peace with the world. Now we use the American Sign Language, and this is where I wish I paid more attention every Sunday. So, okay. so the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. And also with you. Okay. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us calm our hearts. Let us pray. Holy God, we come to your scripture today hoping that it will feel a bit like an open door, like Elizabeth welcoming Mary, like coming home. We want to fall into it. We want to find sanctuary here. We want to breathe easier just hearing these words. And we want to find ourselves laughing because this good news is just too good to keep inside. So hover close to us now, we pray. Open the door to our hearts so that we might find sanctuary in your words. Gratefully we pray. Amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verses 2 through 5a. Together, let us listen for the word of God. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, you are the one of the little clans, who are one of the little clans of Judah. From you shall come forth from me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. 
Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the world and he shall be the one of peace. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I'd love to invite my young friends up forward to talk a little bit about waiting. You join me up here. Hello, everyone. Got a full house today. I love it. I love to see it. Welcome, welcome. My name is Miss Caroline, and it's so nice to see you all. Some of you know me, some of you don't. Pastor Rachel asked me to be here to talk with you about waiting. Now, I woke up this morning a little bit grumpy. Not super grumpy, but definitely like an extra cup of coffee grumpy. Um, who knows why I might have been grumpy? Any guesses? Yeah. Because you were tired. Definitely tired. Any other guesses? Didn't get enough sleep. All great guesses. It's almost like you know I'm a mom. Um, no, I had a dream last night that it was Christmas today. And then I woke up and it wasn't Christmas yet. It's so hard to wait for things we're excited for, right? Is anyone else having a hard time waiting for Christmas? Yes? Everyone? Well, I brought a book today that talks a little bit about some animals who are waiting for Christmas. Would you like to read it with me? It's called, Who is Coming to Our House? Wow. Who is coming to our house? Someone, someone, says the mouse. Make room, says pig. I will butt aside the rig. We must clean, says lamb. Dust the beams, says ram. Who is coming to our house? Someone, someone, says the mouse. Sweep the earth, says chick. Stack the hay, says goose, and quick. Spin the web, says spider. I will line the crib with eider. Who is coming to our house? Someone, someone, says the mouse. Someone is coming from afar. I will nose the door ajar. But it is dark, says cat. They will never come, says rat. Yes, they'll come, says mouse. Someone's coming to our house. I will lay an egg, says hen. I will spread my tail for them. Who is coming to our house? Mary and Joseph, whispers mouse. Welcome, welcome to our house. There's baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph and all the animals in the stable. So we heard in this story about how the animals in the stable where baby Jesus were born, how they prepared for Jesus' birth. And I know it's hard to wait, but we watch Daniel Tiger in my house, and there's a little jingle in that TV show that goes like this. While we wait, we can sing, play, or imagine anything. Does anyone know that jingle? Can you sing it with me? While we wait, we can sing, play, or imagine anything. So the next week, while we wait for Christmas, we can sing about Jesus coming. We can sing Christmas songs. We can play with our nativity sets or any old toy you have. Pastor Rachel teaches us. You can play with all your toys to act out the birth of Jesus. Or you can imagine. Imagine that stable and all those animals there waiting for baby Jesus to be born. Does that sound good? Do you have a question? Yeah. 
three lollipops from Santa yesterday. So yes, we're waiting for Jesus and we're also waiting for Santa. All great things to wait for. So let's pray together. Dear God, please help us to wait. Help us to sing. Help us to sing. Help us to play. Help us to play. And help us to imagine what that first Christmas was like. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everyone. You can go to music with Mr. Carpenter or to the nursery. So it's normally a good thing to get your first mistake out of the way. I didn't take my mask off the first time. Hopefully this will go better. In light of all that's going on, how about you permit me to pray one more time? Oh God, speak through me, if necessary, despite me, and always beyond me that your people might hear your word and in hearing it feel the power of your blessing. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Our gospel reading comes from the, ninth, from the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Listen now for God's word to us. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, "'Blessed are you among women!' And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it would be easy in hearing this morning's passage to focus only on that second half only on Mary's Magnificat, the song Mary sings in our scripture, arguably the most famous song in all of scripture, the one where her soul magnifies the Lord, the one where she proclaims the mighty one has done great things for us. Within this song, Mary lays the groundwork for Jesus' ministry on this earth. 
proclaiming aloud when she has known God, who she has known God to be and who this Christ child will be that grows within her. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. In this song, Mary sets the stage for Jesus, announcing to all people that the world is about to turn. That all things they've come to expect on this earth will be overturned by the power of the Messiah. Jesus, the one who is coming. But today I want to take a couple steps back. A couple steps that take us back to the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth, that first part of this passage. You'll recall that the aged Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist, the one who will be the prophet of the Most High, a miracle of God in every way. Her husband, Zechariah, is currently mute. Remember, he did not believe the angel's news and was struck mute as a result. And we hear Elizabeth praising God for the gift of this child as the camera shifts from her home in the hill country to another home in Nazareth, that of Mary. And in our text, the same angel who appeared to Zechariah now appears to Mary. Do not be afraid, Mary, says the angel Gabriel, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. Now, initially, perhaps understandably, Mary is a bit perplexed. Yes, she's engaged to Joseph, but she is still a virgin. How on earth can she bear a child? The angel responds to her saying, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age also has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her, who is said to be barren, for nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Friends, you can imagine what on earth and heaven Mary must have been thinking, feeling, did she actually believe what had just happened? All we know is that she quickly went to Elizabeth's house, but my God, she must have been afraid. Keep in mind, she would have been only about 12, maybe 13 years old in this story. This news from the angel, if it was true, well, it was primed to bring incredible shame, not just upon her, but upon her entire family. In fact, it would endanger her very life. Joseph would certainly reject her. No other man would ever marry her. That is, if she even lived to bear this child into the wor world at all. Have you ever considered that everyone around her would have only seen this as a scandal, as a disgrace, and as a source of shame? And it is through those very circumstances that the Christ child is born? How often are God's most powerful blessings in the form that would surprise us most, that we might least expect. And so, Mary makes haste for Elizabeth. Until this point, it is only Mary and Gabriel who know what's going on. Mary doesn't tell anyone else, at least not that we're privy to, and why would she? Things become more real when you say them out loud. I imagine she rehearsed her speech the entire way to Elizabeth's house, perhaps praying that Zechariah wouldn't be home because it would be better for her if he heard the news from Elizabeth rather than from her. But oh, what if Elizabeth sent her away? She couldn't assume Elizabeth would take her in even after such a long journey. 
How do you tell someone something that you barely understand yourself? Would Elizabeth even believe her? Should anyone even believe her? Mary hesitates before knocking. She then hears the heavy footsteps and the cane moving toward the door. She takes a deep breath, bracing herself for what would come next. She, like the prodigal son, preparing to return to see the father, has likely rehearsed this speech many times before, how do I say it, and then only to be interrupted by the father's joy, or in this case, Elizabeth's. Because she has barely gotten a greeting out of her mouth when Elizabeth, filled with delight and filled with the Holy Spirit, feels the child leap within her womb at the sound of Mary's voice, and she welcomes Mary in. No questions asked. For by some miracle of God, she already knows what has transpired. And against all the odds, and against all that society would tell her to do, Elizabeth showers Mary with blessing. Not with shame, not with guilt, not with advice, not with, well, when I was your age, not with disdain or contempt or condescension or anything else her human heart could have concocted. She showers her with blessing affirming and naming what Mary perhaps could not yet see or name for herself, that God was at work in her life in powerful and beautiful ways. It's often that case for most of us, that someone else has to see it for us. Can you even imagine a naive young girl, powerless, lowly, easily fighting her completely understandable instincts to feel shame and terror, she is not only invited in, she is blessed. And thus affirmed and encouraged in ways that she didn't even know were possible in such circumstances. God is at work. And Elizabeth tells Mary she can see it. Elizabeth's blessing is far more important in this moment than anything else she could have done. And Mary's response to that blessing, remember what it was? She sang the most famous song in all of Scripture. I would, in fact, go as far as to contend that Mary may not have even had the courage to sing that song and bear Christ into the world had it not been for the blessing offered to her by Elizabeth. A blessing she didn't see coming, and yet one she desperately needed to hear if she was to live fully into the calling placed upon her by God. This story reminds me of a blessing I experienced about 13 years ago. You see, I had been living in a home with people with intellectual disabilities where we lived as family and as a community of faith. These people with intellectual disabilities had often been abandoned and left in institutions where there was no one there to tend to them. They were often in isolation, abused, neglected, with deep cries of pain. And these homes were places where people like me, who were trying to figure out who we were in the world, to meet another in the midst of their deep need, to help them to shower, to get dressed, to go to a day program or a volunteer opportunity or perhaps even a part-time job, to make meals together, to sing songs together, to pray together, to laugh together, to celebrate birthdays together, to weep together, for these people who had been so far removed from society to now be together. And you see, part of the genius of these communities is they didn't exist just to take care of those people with disabilities. You see, the central mission was to reveal the gifts of those very people with disabilities. So many of you who know someone who might have a disability can see those gifts of the assumption that two human beings who might not have met before are naturally friends, of being able to speak honestly and from the heart, of a deep and authentic spirituality without all of this uh, self-consciousness that can get in the way oftentimes. And so it was in that community where I had deferred my entrance to go to seminary the next year 
And at the end of that year, I was deciding what I was going to do for that next year. I felt guilty that I might be leaving that community of those friends who had become like family and what would happen if I weren't there. Of course, only to realize in hindsight, I'm not all as important as I might think I am. And it was sitting at the dining table after dinner one night that Johnny, a man in his early 60s, who was a refugee from Cuba after the revolution, during the revolution, he said, Matt, what about seminary? Of course, he spoke in a kind of Spanglish of sorts, but that's the gist of it, because he knew I had thought about going. And I told him some of my concerns about going, that I wasn't sure that it was the right thing to do or the right time, that I felt very comfortable with this, these lowly that Mary had talked about, but I wasn't so sure about finding my voice in a place like this. It was in that fear and trepidation of could I embrace this calling, something of what Mary felt, that Johnny and I were encountering each other that day. And Johnny, who was known for praying for minutes, if not hours at a time, mind you, came over with a difficult gait, put his hands on my head, and prayed for at least five minutes to offer his blessing to me to go to seminary. The blessing of this lowly one, so to speak, that contained so much power and has redirected my life in so many ways. You likely know those moments in your own life of deep vulnerability, of not knowing if you can trust yourself, perhaps if you can trust God, and the power of that blessing that helps you to do something and to become someone you never knew you could. I hope many of you can think of saints like Johnny, like Elizabeth, in your own life, who encouraged you and blessed you along the way. Perhaps when you needed that blessing most, perhaps in ways that allowed you to continue to grow in the ways God was calling. I also imagine many of you have people in your life for whom you could offer that blessing, not advice, not a story about yourself, not condescension, or anything we human beings often might be tempted to offer, but a blessing. An acknowledgement that you see God working in their life, and you have deep hope that the Holy Spirit will only continue that good work in them. If you know someone for whom you could offer such a blessing, I would invite you to take that risk and offer it this Advent. Yes, it may be scary. Yes, it could feel awkward, but my God, what an impact that blessing could have. And what a gift to know that generation after generation, the faithfulness of God is shared among the faithful, and the story of a God who came to dwell among us is told again and again and again. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Thanks be to God for this song of Mary's that laid the foundations for all that would still come. But it didn't happen without a blessing. I'm not sure it could have happened without a blessing. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, in response to the word read and proclaimed, please stand and join us in singing hymn 104, O Lord, How Shall I Meet You?
Please join me as we affirm our faith through the words in your bulletin from a brief statement of faith. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives, teaching by word and deed and blessing the children, healing the sick, and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. Unjustly condemned for blasphemy and sedition, Jesus was crucified, suffering the depths of human pain and giving his life for the sins of the world. God raised this Jesus from the dead, vindicating his sinless life, breaking the power of sin, and delivering us from death to life eternal. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. And you may be seated also. <laughs> Holy God, our prayers are often one lovely act of seeking. We bow our heads, we close our eyes, and we seek. We seek you, we seek belonging, we seek sanctuary. And what is lovely is that we know, deep in our bones, that if we knock, we will find you. So today we pause our seeking to simply give you thanks. Thank you for the Elizabeths in our lives, the ones who have been there when we needed them most, the ones who have blessed us with joy, allowing our happiness to take up space, the ones who have opened the door for us and ushered us in. And thank you not only for the Elizabeths in our lives, but for the strangers who have cared for us, for those older and wiser who paved the way before us, and for individuals who share no relation to us, but love us like family. Our lives are undoubtedly better because of them. Gracious God, we also pray for those without an Elizabeth in their life. We pray for those who do not have a hand to hold in the dark, who do not have a front porch to show up on or even a porch to call their own. We pray for those in life transitions who carry that fear and anxiety alone. And we pray for all who know loneliness in the face of these hardships. Wrap your arms around these individuals, circle back again and again, dwelling tenderly in the wounds of their hearts until healing might be found. Open our eyes so that we might see the need in our own backyard. Thank you for being our safe place. Thank you for always welcoming us home. Now with joy in our hearts, we pray the words you taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Elizabeth offers her home she offers her arms, she offers her joy, she offers her affirmations and confidence. Elizabeth offers everything she has when Mary shows up at her door. Part of our call as people of faith is to give when and where we can. So today we are invited to be a little more like Elizabeth. Today we are invited to give generously, trusting that God will take these gifts and build a better world here. Let us give with joyful hearts.
good and gracious God, we give these gifts to be used for service in your kingdom. May they provide blessing and sanctuary for anyone seeking a place. And may we be ambassadors of your love, sharing that love with all the world. Use these gifts to bring us closer to home, closer to you, with joy and hope in our hearts, we pray. Amen. As you are able, please stand and join us singing our closing hymn, 100, taking note of the particular instructions in the bulletin for singing this hymn with our choir today. So, ladies and gentlemen, you are now a part of the choir. Uh, it says, uh, first verse, all women, uh, and then partway through it says all. All that is what you're supposed to say, that means all of you join in the church. Okay, and then the second verse is men, all men. Uh, let me rephrase All lower voices, all upper voices on the first verse, all lower voices on the second verse, and the third verse is choir alone, and uh, then everybody joins uh, on the last verse. Dancing in the aisles is permitted. I will try to cue you in when it's uh, time for you to sing the voices. If I forget, bring yourself in.
Friends, I'm mindful this is the first time I've stood in this pulpit in the last year. I didn't know at 9 a.m. I'd be doing that this morning, but I also didn't know a year ago that I'd be here. Thank you all. Thank you all for the blessing and the power of your prayers that have sustained me and my family um, during this time. With that in mind, before we leave here today, I invite you to look inward, to look around, and as you leave, to look out in the world for those other places that your blessings are needed, for a world like ours is in desperate need of blessing. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all those you love, and those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. Amen.